so many times we run around. I, I, I want to say, before I start, really important, just kind of a thing that's been on my mind, but um, can I just challenge you and encourage you to please, please, hurry up and slow down. Hurry up and slow down. Now, really, because we, where we live and what we do, and you know, if you will find this, that in different parts of the country, it's it's not in Ohio, at least where where I grew up, it's not as fast paced as here. Different parts of the country's regions, things are like ah running around like crazy. Other places, it's like you know, island time, you know, there is no clock, you know, it just, it's different, right? But hurry up and slow down for your own, and I'm being serious, for your own sanity, and when I mean that, for your own health, spiritually, physically, emotionally, in every way, hurry up, slow down. Amen. I'm not, that doesn't mean you don't do anything. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But slow down so you can think about and you can prioritize and you can get your mind on Jesus and not all the other stuff and Black Friday garbage and whatever Monday it is on Cyber whatever Monday. Forget all that. I mean, it, listen, you know what? You're fooled when you think it's a deal. I'm just Amen. telling you right now. Amen. So go ahead and do it. You can go do it. You can go and get your Prime membership and buy everything on Amazon. You're paying all, whatever you're paying a year for that. Do you really need everything in two days? If you need everything in two days, hurry up and slow down. That's, 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 I'm, you, listen, we've all bought into it. And we've all, we're all following like lemmings after Jeff Bezos. Okay, sorry. All right, I ought to be careful. But listen, just slow down. Slow down. So just, and you'll, you'll be amazed what happens when your mind, you start thinking about what counts and what matters. Just slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Do it now. Do it now. Amen? Amen. So that's just my challenge there. Amen. Praise God. Our text is Luke chapter 17, verses 11 and 19 this morning. And the title of the message is, Are You a Ten Percenter? Are You a Ten Percenter? We're all familiar with the, the one percenters in this country. I'm the negative one percenter. Um, but the one percenters are those whose net worth is like $20 million and more. And then the, the super, the, the one-tenth of that percentage are those individuals that net worth is like 40 or $50 million or more. These fam- I mean, I, I can't even imagine. That's just like, that blows my mind. I, I mean... The only place I'll see that is in heaven. But I just, it just blows my mind. But we've heard about that. But, I, but my, my question for you is, are you a 10 percenter? And you'll see where we're going with that. And in this episode in Jesus' life, we learn something about, about a character here. And so if we could just read in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, verse 11 to 19. And it came about while he was up on the way to Jerusalem... That he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And just a little note, a reminder again, I've brought this to your attention before, but in Luke's gospel, you find several times this, this phrase that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem or he set his face towards Jerusalem. He was on a mission and Luke makes it a point in his gospel to repeat that because the whole purpose of Jesus being born in Luke chapter 2 and, and the prophecies before that is that he was on a mission to go to Jerusalem to die. And Luke's all about that. 
That he, he says that several times. Verse 12. And as he entered a certain village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. And pick up your cell phone and call him too. And ask him if he can heal you. And then... Teasing. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. This was a ceremonial thing they had to do. And it came about that as they were going, they were cleansed. Verse 15, now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But the nine... Where are they? Was no one found who turned back to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. And in this episode, as I mentioned, we learn something about not only about the love and the compassion that Jesus showed for all the downtrodden and outcast in society, but we can learn something about one of the other characters involved as well. And it's, it's that that Samaritan that came back to thank him. You know, we've all heard about and of the Good Samaritan. You know that story where the man is on his way down and he's on that dangerous road and he gets, he gets banged up. He gets hurt. And the priest and the Levite, they just bypass. They don't want anything to do with him. They won't roll their sleeves up. They don't have the time. They don't want to get dirty. They, don't want, they can't be bothered with another human being who is suffering and about to die, who's left on the road to, to, be, to die. Except for the Samaritan, the good Samaritan who comes by, he bandages his wounds, he cleans them up, puts them on his donkey and takes him to get to the hospital. Let's put it that way, to heal up. But here we have the thankful Samaritan in Luke chapter 17. And this morning I want to use the example of this thankful Samaritan. By the way, um, because he was thankful, that, that makes him in God's eyes a good Samaritan too, as well. I really believe that. And I want to look at him to help us in our understanding and of how we ought to live our lives with thanksgiving every day. And that we will leave here, it's my goal, that you would leave here determined to be thankful every day, not just three days ago or, or not when things go well, or, but that every day you would be marked with this thankfulness in your life. So let me offer you three lessons about the man who returned to give thanks. And I pray that that these things would just grip and stick to your heart just like this man clung to Jesus when he was thanking him. The first lesson of the thankful Samaritan that we can take is this, is that he took notice of his blessing. Well, duh, he was leprous and now he's not. Yeah, but there were others that didn't. Well, not really. They did, but they didn't do anything about it. So the idea of taking notice of your blessing, it's very basic and very simple. And it's almost, it should be automatic because of all that we have in our lives, if you want to look at it that way. And verse 15 says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. See, leprosy was a little, it was way more than Cohen or Preston in the backyard playing football and they go on the ground, they skin their knee and it's, it's oh, they got a little boo-boo. You know, let us clean it up. Let's put a band-aid on it or whatever. Let it, let it just scab over and it's all good. That, that's not what leprosy is. Leprosy 
is an infectious nerve and skin disease that still exists today, you know. Let me ask you, how many of you have ever known a leper? That's a good thing. It really is. Because of medicine and because of hygiene and everything. I mean, that's... That is a great thing where we live. But did you know that in our country, you're not going to hear about leprosy because it's really non-existent in, in the United States of America. But if you go to certain pockets in Asia, you go to India, other places, there are actually leper colonies there still this day. It's called Hansen's disease today. And if you pick it up and you, and you detect it early enough and treat it, you can be cured. Maybe not fully all the time, but you can, you can help that, that disease and you can, you can mitigate all the symptoms and things that go on and slow it down. In some cases, even cure it. But today, we don't hear about that around us. But in Bible times, leprosy was a death sentence. I mean, not only was it fatal, but it took forever sometimes for it finally to kill you. And in, the, and in the meantime, you were banished from society, forced to keep covered, and you would have to yell out, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, when you're out in public. It's like wearing a big sign right on your, right on your jacket. You pin it on there, and you're saying, I'm a leper. And it had to be in bold letters, and you had to keep it so that you, everyone could read it. I'm a leper. Everyone went, I'm a leper. What does that mean? Man, you're pushed off to the side. People avoid you because you're contagious. They stay away. And oftentimes, because of that, you are usually poor or you are out in the outskirts of the, of the city and, and not the best places. You're begging. It, you, it was a tough life. Really difficult to live that way. And frustrating, depressing, discouraging, maddening. It wasn't fun. And you know what? People with leprosy, they were feared, but they were also pitied. You were afraid of them, but you felt so much pity for them, but you, just, you couldn't get close to them because of the fear of getting what they had. And then if you got it, you could pass it on to somebody else as well. And they were never accepted, not fully in society, except by Jesus. This isn't the only case where Jesus interacts with a leper or lepers. There are multiple cases And you know what? More than once he cleansed the lepers. And in at least one instance, he actually touched one as he healed him. That's pretty awesome. That is powerful. That is supernatural. That is God at work. That is not human, if I could put it that way. To touch him and not even be afraid at all because you know you have all the power and you're going to heal and cure him of this disease. Touching a leper was asking for the disease. Literally. And if you and I were to touch a leper, we'd stand a good chance of contracting that disease. And that didn't stop Jesus. Instead of rejecting lepers and pushing them off to the side and walking around them, he healed them. He healed them. And this leper, after he and his friends had called out because they heard about Jesus, and maybe hearsay, maybe they were just so desperate that whoever's walking by, please help me. But they make this, 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 this statement. Gee, heal us. Nice, loud and clear. They say very, very clear. This is what they said. And they use specific language here. Because they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. There was some kind of awareness of who Jesus was based on what they heard, based on claims about him, and they acknowledge him as master, the Lord. They acknowledge him as the almighty authority. And they say, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. They're yelling out to him. But this one, 
when he realizes what had just happened after he asked for help. He didn't just say, hey, that's pretty cool. Guess I'll go to the temple and then I'm going to go home and I'm all set. Everything's great. Life's different. He saw and he understood the magnitude of what had taken place. And he was made whole, healed by the hand of God completely. He recognized his blessing. It wouldn't be hard to do, by the way. But he recognized his blessing. But sometimes it's so hard for us to do that, isn't it? Because our eyes aren't even open. We're always complaining. We're whining. We're looking for the worst. We don't see what's around us, the littlest things. And we don't thank God. Start with the littlest and you'll be amazed at how it mushrooms, how your Thanksgiving just balloons and it gets bigger and you start getting deeper and bigger and greater things and you start to see more than you ever thought you could see that you could be grateful for. He noticed his blessing. The leprosy is gone. And that led him to the the next lesson we can learn from him. Uh, And that's simply this, is that he proclaimed his praise to God publicly and so should we. He proclaimed his praise to God publicly. Verse 16, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And he was a Samaritan. Luke makes a point here to note this and write this down, that he was a Samaritan because they were despised by the Jews and by people in general. They were looked as the lowlifes of society. They were not liked. They didn't have it easy. They got pushed out. They got criticized. They got ridiculed. And they even lost. They didn't have certain privileges, even within different circles of the culture. He threw himself and he thanked him. He praised him in a loud voice. He was shouting it. Or or close to, is a loud voice is close to shouting, like this maybe. Look what Jesus did for me. And he didn't go and say, hey Jesus, man, just thank you so much. You know, all my life I've been a leper. I just want to thank you because, man, it's so cool. Thank you. You know, my fingers are, I can, I have feeling now. I can actually, um, thank you so much. You're an awesome guy, man. Like, you're just amazing. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. No, he didn't do that. Doesn't mean he couldn't do it that way. The Bible says he used a loud voice. What would you do if all of a sudden your fingers that are all mutilated and falling apart or just, and, and, and rashes everywhere, perfectly normal? What would you do? Jesus, thank you so much. So I'm just going to lay, I just want to be too loud. just want to say thank you. It's all good. No. I don't know how you can contain that. He shouted it. Think about this. Look at what Jesus did for me. I'm clean. He was probably shouting, I can go back to my family now. I can ride and take the camel taxi to work. Before he couldn't, because if he touched the camel, and then the guy who owns the camel touches the camel, now he might get leprosy, and then he'll pass it on. Now he can take the camel taxi to work. He can actually go to work. He can use the public restroom again. Look, I'm no longer the outcast or at the bottom of society being looked down on all the time. I can go home, people. I can embrace my family for the first time since this curse came upon me. He wasn't quiet about it. Oh, dude, look, it's so cool. Look, I'm not a leper anymore. I can't wait to get home and hug my kid. No, he was screaming and yelling and shouting and praising God. 
Man, when God's blessing becomes apparent to us and we realize all that we have and how blessed we are and we notice them, do we do what he did? Do we publicly thank him and praise him? Let me just just start with this. Always thank him, thank him. Always, always thank him first. And make it public when you can. We can do that with the other brothers and sisters. We can do that with our friends, our co-workers. And now Ellen was sharing in the first service, how, no matter how they receive it, but she tells people about God's mercy and grace and, and, and what she's gone through and how good it is. Listen, you just thank God and let it be heard. It's okay. Don't be ashamed. I'm reminded of the Teen Challenge um, men and women that come to our church, mostly the women we've had recently. And they, they come by and they're up here and they're sharing how God has set them free from their addictions. And not only that, but he saved them, more importantly. And they come to relationship with Jesus because he granted them faith and he drew them in and he saved them by his grace. And they're talking about how their family relationships are restored and how their finances are restored and they're getting education and, and they're going to get a job and they're going to stay on and be an intern and then they're going to help other people where before all they cared about was themselves. And they can keep going on and on and on. I could talk for them on and on and on and I could do it enthusiastically because it's amazing and it's worth praising God publicly and vocally and loudly. God's good. He does amazing things. He gives us blessings. He transforms. He heals us from the, the sin, which is a, a spiritual leprosy that each one of us has. And there's a picture here of that in our lives and in our spiritual journey. I can almost imagine Jesus talking to the disciples. And this guy, this one Samaritan who recognized and wants to give public thanks to Jesus, I can almost imagine him hanging on to Jesus' leg as he's talking to his disciples. And it's like a little kid, you know, when your dad's going to work or something, he's hanging on. He doesn't want to let go. Jesus says, guys, weren't there ten guys? Where are the other nine? How come this guy's the ten percenter? Where are the other nine? Are you afraid to publicly acknowledge your debt or to give your praise and thanks to God? Jesus said, and in a different context, but, but yet it, it works, it connects. He said that if, that, if, that, that if we acknowledge him before men, he will acknowledge us before the Father. It's a paraphrase, but that's essentially what he said, almost verbatim, almost. I'm not saying we need to get all jump up and downy and crazy and don't be weird, but, but be thankful and publicly praise God. And we need to get in the habit of publicly thanking God for his blessings as soon as they happen. And don't be ashamed of it. He proclaimed his praise publicly. Do you know what I found to be true in my life? And maybe some of you experienced this and I'm not perfect at this and I'm still working on this. Just a little disclaimer, just, to, just so you know. When I deliberately thank God publicly and I make my thanks known to him or I, or I praise him to others, even if it's brothers and sisters, when I do that, my love for him grows deeper. I, I, maybe it's just me. I'm not saying it's a formula. I'm just saying it's almost like a bite. It just happens. It's connected. And my appreciation for him expands. Then I start to realize how much I do have just by having him in my life and then all the stuff he gives me and blesses me with. We need to learn to thank God publicly and to not be ashamed of praising God wherever we are. Third lesson and the last lesson we learn from the thankful Samaritan is that he threw aside all the walls, the barriers, the hindrances to his thanksgiving. 
I mean, think about it. In that moment when he realizes what happened, his mind is playing tricks on him. I really believe this. Wait, don't get crazy because you're a Samaritan. Don't do it. They're not going to believe you. They're going to tell you to get away. They're going to tell you to go back in your corner with the other lepers. They're going to tell you to, no way, don't do it. He's going to have that thought. And he's going to struggle with that thought because he's a Samaritan. And maybe we feel that way too. Well, yeah, but I used to be this and people know me as that. And no, I can't say that because they're not, not going to, it's not going to be credible. Well, just have them look at your life. If they would just look at, at, his, at his, his body and realize there's no more leprosy on him. If they would look at your life and they would see that you're a different person, your demeanor, your attitude, everything about you is different. It brings some credibility to what you're saying and what happened in your life. Sometimes it takes time. I get it. But don't let that get in your way. Jesus said, weren't all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? The foolish, the small, the outcast taught the wise, big shot, honored people what it really means to worship and praise God. You recognize your blessings You do it publicly and you don't worry about any barriers that are there real or imagined in your mind or put on you by people. Remember, Samaritans who were despised by Jews. I mean, and Jesus had the audacity, the boldness to to heal him and to have contact with him as a Jewish man. But this guy wasn't worried about whether it was politically correct to thank God publicly. He didn't worry about what others would even think about what he said or how he said it. He didn't worry about his buddies leaving him behind. They were already gone doing their own thing. He's the only one that comes back. Let me ask you this morning. What are some of the barriers or hindrances that you face when it comes to giving thanks to God? First, maybe maybe you have a fear of embarrassing yourself in front of other people. (laughs) Look, It doesn't matter if we're singing our praises to God and you're here with God's people and this is what you do and you're a referee doing touchdown signal. I'm not trying to be funny. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have your arms and you're just worshiping God and it's a a sign of surrender and you're receiving everything God wants. I mean, you're just just acknowledging that it's here, but there's a physical thing. that It doesn't matter if you come, you're bowing in front of people and they think, oh, what's wrong with that guy? He's up at the altar crying. What do you want? Do you want God's blessing or do you want people's approval? What do you want? What do you want? That's right. What do you want? And why? Is it really that valuable? Because you know what? You'll never make them happy because the next day they'll tell you you can't do that. And you can't do that. Oh, you tried that. Oh, you can't do that. We told you, oh, no, you really can't do that. Oh, no, you can't do that. And I just say, tell them to shut up and praise God. Amen. Amen. You're afraid... You're afraid that others will look down on you if you acknowledge what God has done for you. Why? Because it goes back to the problem of me, me, me being sufficient. I can do it. No, God did it and I give him credit and I praise him for it. I've already touched on that a little bit, but this is simply not a valid excuse to say that I'm embarrassed in front of others to praise God. We can't let what others uh, might think get in the way of our praise of God. Jesus said that seeking the praise of men hinders us from obtaining praise from God. Don't let that be you. 
Decide now that you won't let others' opinions stand in the way of thanking God. Forget others telling you that there's a formula. Oh, it's not a biblical way to approach God. You got to do it this way. You got to say that. Just thank God. Preach it. Sorry for being so simple, and I'm sorry. But that is as theologically sound as it gets. Get up and praise God. That's it. Just do it. Just do it. Thank Him. Oh, but I got to make sure I go through this in my mind and I prepare. And I No, just thank God. Praise Him from your heart, man. Just do it. Decide now that you're not going to let that get in the way. Secondly, maybe you're just unaware of God's blessings. <laughs> this is a big one because I think we have so much stuff, we're actually unaware of what we have. Another reason to hurry up and slow down. We have, man, we have the luxuries, the conveniences, the everything that we have around us. We, we are just so blessed. And we're talking about superficial stuff, but not to mention what Jesus did for us. And the most important, the deepest of deep, that he would change our hearts, what somebody else can't do, and give us a new heart by saving us, regenerating us, and giving us his spirit. I mean, you add that to all the other stuff, and then... All the other spiritual blessings we have in Christ, Paul says we're rid the riches in Christ. We are wealthy in Christ. I'm not saying that we're that there's stupidity involved. But sometimes we just go so fast we miss things. It simply means we don't know about something and we're unaware. Let me help you a bit. You know, if you're breathing, if you're here, and if you're able to raise your voice to God, man, that's something to thank God for. Amen. Just that alone. The very fact that the God gave you another day and you're here, praise God. Well, you could be in heaven if you're a Christian. I get it. But praise God, you can praise him with your lips here. How about the fact that we're gathered here and we can worship freely? Amen. Still, still. We don't know how long, but still. And I'm not being negative, but we still have that, that right. One of the best ways to get past this barrier is to start thanking God for the little things. And then you'll appreciate the bigger things all the more. One more barrier. Maybe you never had the opportunity to thank God publicly. Now, I don't really think this is true, but I think that sometimes it, it, it takes not even coercing, but just a little bit of force, some, an invitation for public thanking God. You know, think about the other guys that were with this one Samaritan who went back and thanked God. One of them might have said, but he told us to go to the priests. We're only doing what he said to do. Okay. Another one might have said, Jesus is God. I called him master and he healed me. I don't need to go back and thank him. He knows that I'm grateful. He knows everything. And he goes off. I have so many, maybe one said, I have so many things to do now that I can be a normal person again in society. I'll thank him later when I get the time because I'm going to start doing all those things. I don't know. Just throwing them out there. Before we met Christ, if you're a Christian, before you met Christ, you cried out to him for deliverance, just like Psalm 118 in the beginning we read. We were a pathetic sight to behold. We were lost. We were groping for whatever that we could grab and it, nothing was satisfying and we were walking in darkness and we were discontented and we were ungrateful and we were, we were complaining and whining and sinning and just bound and we were never had the peace of God or the joy of the Lord as our strength and we were just going on in our own strength thinking that we had it all under control. We were walking, breathing, and going about doing what came naturally, the sin nature. But all the while we were dead spiritually and like the lepers in our text, 
We stood afar off from God. They had to stay far from people and God and society and people and, and the Lord. All we could do without Jesus was try to exist until the day that death came and then all there was left was an eternity without God, forever chained in the pits of hell. It sounds so grim and dark, and it is. Tormented forever in hell without Jesus, with no hope for deliverance ever again. The sin in our life before we met Jesus had already destroyed our hope. We had none. But like the leper who can't feel it when his finger falls off because of nerve damage, we were numb by sin and we didn't know how hopeless we were. Am I making sense? Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying here? I mean, maybe I was, maybe even as an eight-year-old kid, and even going through other times in my life, I, I was aware of this and what sin does, and it creeps in. The joy of the Lord was unknown to us, for that too was taken away without a realization of it. Peace was non-existent almost, having been lost a long time ago. Oh, we had moments of serenity, but we didn't have true peace. And just like a leper whose flesh is slowly dying and parts of his body are falling off without his knowledge oftentimes, we lived what we thought was just a normal human existence. Not knowing just how much leprosy or sin had stolen and taken from us. Allow me to point out an important detail that we can skim over and miss completely before we close. Jesus did not heal the lepers and then tell them to go to the priest. Did you catch that in the text? Jesus did not heal the ten lepers and then tell them to go to the priest. It's in your Bible. The idea is this, and why it's there, is that faith, in fact, obedience. By the way, you can't even do that without God coming into your life. But faith is needed to be made well, spiritually well. This is a powerful picture of what repentance looks like. We turn to go into the presence of the one who can, in fact, certify that we are made well. And as we walk in obedience to Christ... We are made well. To believe in Him is the greatest act of obedience that God allows you to perform in your life to gain eternal life. This morning, as I look around the church, I see a lot of spiritual lepers who have been pronounced clean by our great high priest, who can say you are clean. Many of us, if not all of us, have stood afar off and cried out to Jesus to save us. He heard our cry and and he set us free from sin, from that leprosy. Aren't you glad that Jesus heard your cry? Aren't you glad that Jesus delivered you from the power of sin? Have you returned to thank him? Or have you just taken it for granted and went on your way like these nine lepers who never came back and you're a 90 percenter, not a 10 percenter? I'm glad you're all here this morning. As I look around, I believe that many of you are represented by that one leper who came back, who did come back to thank Jesus. I believe that you're here this morning because you're grateful. 
you are thankful for who Jesus is and what he's done in your life. Because a lot of you this morning here, as I look around, you're 10 percenters. You're thanking God every day. And you make sure you go back and cling to his feet and say, thank you, Jesus, for, and you fill in the blank every day with multiple things. So I'm going to just address one barrier. I realize it's a little after 12, and I'm going to control this a little more than first service, but first service was awesome. But anyway, we're going to take, and maybe you say, I've never had the opportunity to publicly thank God. Guess what? Now's your chance. Don't miss it. No more excuses. Two quick ones from this section, if you want to praise God. Dennis? I want to thank uh, God for strengthening my marriage. It was a big prayer of mine, and uh, he miraculously showed up and, and uh, saved our Amen. Marriage. Praise Amen. God. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anyone else? I want to thank God for my aunt, for just being there for me and being there for my children. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. He's got, he's got a plan for your life. Amen. George, I got to let you talk, man. It's all right, brother. Let it out. I'm coming to you. I'll stand by. I know you're crying. I'm coming to you, brother. We love you. Come on, get up, brother. It's all right. I got to thank him. He took smoking away that I didn't ask him to do. It just gave him the feeling to stop. Amen. And he, he took it away. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. Praise the Lord. That's a lifelong addiction that the Lord has set him free from. I mean, what an encouragement. I mean, this is what it does when you publicly thank, man. For those of you sitting here and saying, oh, I'm addicted to cigarettes or cigars or whatever else, God can set you free from that. And he wants to. The worst habits you could possibly have, along with other things. I have bad habits too. But anyway, praise God, George. Thanks for sharing that. Two in this section. I only have three, but two in this. Jeff. I got to thank God for removing the obsession of alcoholism from me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I praise God because I have been a Christian a long time and lots of things have happened. But the joy of the Lord was my strength. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Go ahead, Aaron. Amen. Amen. Faithfulness of God, His presence. Hold on, hold on. Ryan? One thing that when you said about the lepers being lonely, being outcast, is I thought I have two rows here of family that love me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Nice and loud. Um, you got a lot more rows than that that love you. That's right. <laughs> 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 I want to thank the Lord for being for me being alive and for him um, helping me stay clean and sober. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
I want to thank the Lord for giving me a second chance in pregnancy. My son is six years old. My second pregnancy because my first one passed away. But mm. I have a chance. I have a six-year-old. I want to thank Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise God. Um, I also want to thank God for another day clean and sober. Amen. Praise God. That's it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Listen, these things are important to us because you don't know what it does to encourage others to place or to walk deeper in their faith with the Lord or to ask for what they never thought about asking God for. Amen. It's an encouragement, brothers and sisters. Being thankful and praising God publicly is an awesome Thing. He wants us to do it, and he wants us to be 10 percenters. Amen. Don't be a 90 percenter. Please don't do that. Please don't be that. Be a 10 percenter. Amen? Amen? Lord, we thank you for this day. We have so much to be thankful for and grateful, Lord. We, we just praise you, God, that you have uh, saved so many of us. Thank you for Jesus, your son, who died and, and made us and allowed and made a way for us to become your children when we received you. And thank you for the faith you've given us and your spirit that you filled us with, Lord. We thank you for these many, for many answered prayers and for the way, the great ways you've provided and come through and been, well, just Almighty God in all these cases and these, these testimonies, these praise reports we heard, Lord. God, I pray that as we leave, our praise would continually be on our mouth and our minds and our hearts. And I pray that we would not be ashamed to publicly declare that you are God and you're the one who gives us everything we need and that you are all we need. Amen. God, as we go. Be glorified. Help us to take notice of our blessings, Lord, and help us to put aside all the barriers that would stop us from being thankful and praising you. Lord, teach us to hurry up and slow down. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.